You know what was on the jukebox in the front. Now Matt the Cat's gonna show you what was on the juke in the back. Oh baby lord have mercy! From the front to the back I've got a stellar stack of some groovy shellac to drop down on the platter, spin around and make it splatter like waffle batter. This is the juke in the back. 1940s and 50s rhythm and blues you can use from the top of your head to the soles on your worn out walking shoes. A solid hour of the soul that came before rock and roll. I'm your host, jukebox operator and furry leader, Matt the Cat, and ready to present to you cats and kittens another great Juke in the Back program. This one on another true rhythm and blues influence. Lionel Hampton. Oh, baby, that's right. An entire program on Hamp. He was the first guy to popularize the vibraphone in jazz. He helped Benny Goodman break the color barrier, being a part of the Goodman Quartet. He led his own big band, one of the most successful of the 1940s. He may have written the first rhythm and blues song, which simultaneously might be the first rock and roll song. He supported many charities, including housing developments in Harlem. Hamp's band included some of the greatest musicians of all time. Dizzy Gillespie, Charles Mingus, Johnny Griffin, Kenny Durham, Wes Montgomery, and so many more. Dinah Washington was a member of his band for a time. We'll get into all that, but let's first start from the beginning. Lionel Hampton was born in Louisville, Kentucky on April 20th, 1908, raised by his mother, who immediately moved the family to Alabama. His father was missing and declared killed during World War I. They moved to Birmingham because his mother's family was from there. But soon, like many African-Americans of the day, they realized that there was more opportunity for them up in Chicago. So she moved the family up north and sent young Lionel to the Holy Rosary Academy, a boarding school near Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's where he first picked up the drums. He started delivering newspapers for the Chicago Defender just so he could join the Newsboys Band. Continuing with his drumming, he moved to Los Angeles while still in his teens to join Reb Spikes, Sharps, and Flats. While out there, he was recruited to play drums for Paul Howard's Quality Serenaders and that's who he made his first records with in 1929. He wasn't featured, the material wasn't exciting, but it did lead to him being recruited by Les Height to join his band. They were the house band at Sebastian's Cotton Club in Los Angeles. Hamp had taken xylophone lessons and was getting pretty good on the xylophone. He also played the piano along with the tubs. And when Louis Armstrong came out to Los Angeles, he hired Les Heights Band to back him up in the studio. The year is 1930, and now Lionel Hampton is actually in the studio with Louis Armstrong, a cat that blew him away years before when he had seen him perform in Chicago. Now he's playing with the great Louis Armstrong. 
there was a vibraphone in the studio. And on a whim, Hampton plays Louis Armstrong's solo on the vibes, which was taking a chance, but it really impressed Armstrong. And he asked him if he could do that on the recording they were working on, Memories of You. Thus, the vibes are introduced into jazz music. And really, without Hamp playing the vibes on this record, would we have had such vibraphone stars later on as Milt Jackson and Bobby Hutcherson? Let alone all the rhythm and blues work that Johnny Otis did on the vibes during the late 40s into the 50s. So basically, this is ground zero for the vibes in recorded jazz. 1930, off the OK label, here's Louis Armstrong and his Sebastian New Cotton Club Orchestra featuring Lionel Hampton on vibes with Memories of You. I'm Matt the Cat and this is The Juke in the Back. Ha 
the Benny Goodman Quartet with Dinah, recorded on August 26th of 1936 for Victor Records, and marking an important historical event. Benny Goodman helped break the color barrier in jazz. First with the Benny Goodman Trio, featuring Teddy Wilson on piano, Goodman on clarinet, and Gene Krupa on the tubs. Well, when Goodman heard Lionel Hampton, he asked him to join the group and make it a quartet. They recorded some sides, but Goodman was reluctant to have them play live. He felt it was one thing to have an integrated band on record, but a whole different story playing with an integrated band on stage in America in the mid-1930s. So he backed away from the idea, but it weighed on him, and other people encouraged him to go ahead and do it. He just didn't want to see his thriving career brought to a halt because of the racial situation in America. Ultimately, he did the right thing, had the group perform on stage, and through it made an important statement to America. This also gave Hamp and pianist Teddy Wilson a lot more exposure. Later that year, on November 11, 1936, Hamp married Gladys Riddle in Yuma, Arizona. She would become his business partner. She handled all the business and Hamp handled all the music. She was incredibly bright and most of Hamp's success can be linked back to Gladys' great business decisions. Hamp stayed with the Benny Goodman Band until 1940 when Gladys urged him to form his own big band. He initially recorded for Victor, the same label that Goodman was on, but in 1941 switched over to Decca Records. Hamp wrote Flying Home with Benny Goodman and originally recorded it with members of Goodman's band in 1940. But it was the May 26, 1942 session held in New York City where Hampton would record the groundbreaking version of Flying Home, featuring the honking sax solo of Illinois Jacquette. That sax solo was a blueprint for Big J McNeely, Joe Houston, King Curtis, and many of the great rock and roll sax players that would follow. Flying Home might just be the first true rhythm and blues song about three years before the R&B combos were born. Likewise, if you're a brave person, you could argue that Flying Home might just be the first rock and roll song as well. I don't have my boxing gloves, so I'm not ready to get into it. But let's just say that Flying Home entered the chart in May of 1943, where it rose to number three on the race record chart and amazingly crossed over to number 22 on the pop lists. Again, Illinois Jacket on the tenor sax, with Jack McVeigh on the Barry sax, Joe Newman and Ernie Royal are on trumpets, Harry Sloan, Sonny Craven, and Fred Beckett on trombones, Irving Ashby on guitar, Wendell Marshall on bass, the incredible Milt Buckner on piano, the legendary Dexter Gordon on tenor sax, Carl George on trumpet, George Jenkins on the tubs, and Lionel Hampton on the vibes. Here, Cats and Kittens is one of the greatest records of all time. Lionel Hampton and his orchestra with Flying Home.
That one just makes you feel happy to be alive, baby. It doesn't get much better than that. Lionel Hampton and his orchestra, 1942, with Flying Home. Now, you'd think that that would have been a number one record, but it wasn't. It only went to number three on the race record chart. But this next one did go to number one. It was Hamp's first number one, and it was written by Lionel Hampton and his pianist, Milt Buckner. It features the soon-to-be-legendary Earl Bostick on tenor. Recorded in New York City on March 2nd, 1944, it hit number one in September of 44 and stayed there for six solid weeks. And it even crossed over to a whopping number 18 on the pop chart. Milt plays an incredible piano on this one. It's Lionel Hampton and his orchestra with Hamp's Boogie Woogie.
generous support for Juke in the Back provided by weekly sustainers Janice Stenhouse, Robert Stallworth, Barry from San Diego, Mr. Lee, David Ayers, Thomas Huber, Joe Metzger, Bernie Rossman, Barry from Riverside, and contributors Charles Liebman, Mark and Marion McAlpine, Ken Farger, Gail Kuntz, Michael Carey, Scott Velarde, Adrian Fidelani, Wayne Novak, Joe Costello. Thank you for your support. More information at jukeintheback.org. This is Bobby the Bobcat. You're listening to Juke in the Back with Matt the Cat. Fantabulous Boogie Woogie tune, Beulah's Boogie, released on Decca Records in 1945. This week's Juke of the Back feature is on Lionel Hampton, and that one was recorded on the 21st of May, 1945. 
And in the band at this time is Arnett Cobb on tenor sax, Joe Morris on trumpet, and the fabulous piano work on that one was done by Darnell Breckenbridge. It was issued in November of 45 and hit number two in December. Up next, Hamp's biggest hit, Hey Baba Rebop, written by Hamp and drummer Curly Hamner. But according to the session records, it was George Jenkins that played drums on this tune. The title sounds a lot like Helen Hume's hit record, Be Baba Liba, but it's a completely different song. Though you could speculate that maybe one of the reasons for its success is that it was playing off of Bebaba Leba. And also, with Bebop taking over jazz at this time, you had lots of things kind of cashing in on the term Bebop or Rebop. So in many ways, Hey Baba Rebop was a product of its time. Recorded on December 1st, 1945, it entered the chart in March of 46, hit number one on March 16th, and remained there for a whopping 16 weeks. It even crossed over to number nine pop. Now, Hamp and his wife Gladys had started their own record label, Hamp Tone Records, and Gladys made the smart business decision to get covers of that song out so that they could make money off of the original and also the cover version. So they got Winoni Mr. Blues Harris into the studio to record a cover version right after the original was recorded. They made money off of both versions and it became one of Hamp's signature tunes. Of course, Flying Home would always be his theme. But here on the Juke in the Back as we feature the great Lionel Hampton, here's Hey Baba Reba.
looking out to sea, looking for that cat that stole my baby from me, saying, hey, my Bob. Septet featuring Dinah Washington, issued in May of 1947, but recorded on May 21st, 1945, two years earlier. Why did it take so long to put that record out? 
Well, the way the story goes, Hap wasn't happy with it because he didn't own the publishing. So he knew it was going to be a hit and he wasn't going to make as much money off of it. So he held back its release. Now, this is where it becomes lore. See, one day Dinah Washington, who was in a long-term contract with Hamp, arrived with a gun in order to persuade Hamp to let her out of her contract and to release Blowtop Blues. Well, it was issued as the follow-up to Hey Baba Rebop, and it was indeed a hit, topping out at number five on the Harlem Hit Parade. And Dinah would re-record the song on her own in 52 and take it back to number five, as new blowtop blues. Up next is a vocal group record featuring Hamp's vocal group, the Hamptonians. It's a song that was a ginormous hit for Savannah Churchill, and she actually gets credit for writing it on the label. But the tune is actually believed to have been written by Pat Best, who also wrote For Sentimental Reasons. Churchill's version was released in 1946, but didn't hit number one until May of 47. Hamp's version with the Hamptonians was recorded on April 2nd of 47 and issued in June, where it climbed the charts and ended up at number two. So here's our feature this week on the Juke in the Back, Lionel Hampton and the Hamptonians with I Wanna Be Loved, But Only By You. I want to be loved, but by only you. I shouldn't be so crazy about you, but what can I do? This feeling has me sighing My dreams you're magnifying But they don't ever come true Cause I want to be loved But by only you I want to be loved But by only you I shouldn't be so crazy about you but what can I do? Your kisses leave me sighing Dreams you're magnifying But they don't Thank you. 
beautiful record, and honestly, I can't identify who the Hamptonians actually were. All of my sources of Lionel Hampton sessionographies shows them just as the Hamptonians. Still a beautiful rendition of I Want to Be Loved, but only by you. I'm Matt the Cat, and I hope you're enjoying this week's feature on Lionel Hampton. Up next is another vocal record. This time we know it's Winnie Brown singing lead, and the tune, Gone Again, was co-written by Hamp's wife and business partner, Gladys Hampton. It was recorded on August 6th of 47 and hit number 13 in July of 48. Here's Lionel Hampton and his orchestra with Gone Again. It's time for the Great 78, where we take a thick piece of shellac and harken back to a time when 78 RPM records were king. This week we're featuring Lionel Hampton. Let's go back to 1949 with a single that features a vocal rendition of Paul Hucklebuck Williams' hit, The Hucklebuck. But if you flipped it over, 
you had a cool jump tune called Lavender Coffin. Recorded on May 10th, 1949, it hit number 13 in August of 49. And it's this week's great 78. Lionel Hampton and his orchestra with Lavender Coffin. to the juke in the back with Matt the Cat. M I say M O M O P M O P P Mop M O P P Mop 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 R I say R A R A G R A G G Rag, 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 rag,
Such an enormous hit in its day, Ragmop 1950. Of course, the Ames Brothers took it to the top of the pops, and Joe Liggins scored a number four R&B hit with it. Lionel Hampton's version also went to number four. Now, Wes Montgomery is in the band at the time and supposedly played on that session, but you really can't hear any guitar work on Ragmop. It's the Hamptones, formerly called the Hamptonians, providing the vocal on that. Something crazy happened on June 25th, 1950. It was at the sixth annual Cavalcade of Jazz held at Wrigley Field in Los Angeles, where the Lionel Hampton Orchestra caused such a ruckus with their joyous music that patrons started tossing anything they could get their hands on onto the field, including seat cushions, hats, coats, programs, causing a near riot. Hamp was still very much as popular as ever, but of course as the 1950s went on, his popularity started to drop as rock and roll started to take off. It's the same story I tell at the end of almost every Juke in the Back program. But Hampton kept himself busy. He toured Europe where he was hailed as a king. He continued to foster new talent like Clifford Brown, Annie Ross, Quincy Jones, Art Farmer. They all had stints in Hamp's band. He financed housing projects in Harlem along with his wife Gladys, who passed in 1971. In 1985, the University of Idaho renamed their annual jazz festival the Lionel Hampton Jazz Festival. He also received an honorary doctorate from the University of Idaho, New England Conservatory of Music, Howard University, USC, and many other educational institutions. In 1992, Hamp was inducted into the Alabama Jazz Hall of Fame, and in 96, President Bill Clinton presented Hamp with the National Medal of Arts. Posthumously, he received a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2021. Which brings me to a point. With all of these great awards, 
It's amazing that Lionel Hampton to this day has not been elected to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame since his music paved the way for rhythm and blues and rock and roll. We lost the great Lionel Hampton on August 31st, 2002 of congestive heart failure. He was 94. I hope you dug this week's program on one of the great R&B influences, Lionel Hampton. Until next time, remember, soul, it's a feeling, and you get that feeling each week when you tune into your source for 1940s and 50s rhythm and blues. I'm your host, Matt the Cat. Let's go out with another artist that came up through Hampton's band, Little Jimmy Scott. Ooh, what a voice. This was recorded on January 25th, 1950, and issued on Decca Records in the fall of 50, where it hit number six. It was Hamp's last charting record. In the rock and roll era, the Heartbeats would record this in 57. But let's close down this week's Juke in the Back with Lionel Hampton and his orchestra featuring little Jimmy Scott and everybody's somebody's fool. I'll catch you on that flip side, everybody. Have a fantabulous week. Bye-bye. To the one up above It's beautiful to watch love begin But oh, so sad when it ends As you go
for dropping by. Feel free to let Matt the Cat know if you dug the show. Email him at mattthecat at mattthecat.com. Juke in the Back is recorded at Rosie's Juke Joint, located at the Stepping Stone Inn in Salem, Massachusetts. For more information, please visit jukeintheback.org. I'm Miss Rosie. See you next time on the Juke in the Back.